Are you ready for the end of the year? <laughs> Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle, the circle of family, the circle of being... <laughs> circle of friends, too. Uh, <laughs> Wake up! That includes me. Wake up! To the peace and joy. <laughs> have you been outside today? Yeah, I have been outside. Yeah, global warming, whatever. Yeah, yeah, what is that? I try... See, I have to do like, like a lot of personal willpower when the weather's like this because I always tell the, the global warming deniers that, oh, just because it's really cold in the winter doesn't mean that global warming isn't happening. So I don't want to say just because of one warm day that it is definitely global warming. But it is part, there is a trend, though. This is a good time to point out that you know, there's a trend. 2010 is believed to be the warmest year on record. Yeah, but also, I don't like using the word global warming. It's climate destabilization. Yeah. Essentially, <laughs> you still have the same patterns. It just they tend to be more extreme. Yeah. So you have cold weather, just colder. You have hot weather, just hotter. You have snow, just more snow. Yeah. So, in case you haven't noticed, the last couple months, the weather has been bipolar. <laughs> A little bit crazy. And uh, it's it also, you also get the effect like we have today where, you know, in general, the weather will be harsher for that season, but then suddenly for a few days, it forgets what season it is. It's like, oh, it's spring now. What? I could have sworn it was December. I, I could have sworn, too. We must have time traveled. Well, I don't swear, so you, I'll let you do the swearing. <laughs> so, we tend to get a lot of our news from an online magazine called Grist. Grist Magazine. So, I thought we'd wrap up this year. Did you know? Yes. Today is the last day of the year. Oh, wait. It's the beginning of a new year! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's go over the year by talking about the 10 most popular grist posts of 2010. So these aren't like, you know, the biggest news items, but this was the most popular post on Grist Magazine. We Audi Know Better. The unheralded significance of the Audi Green Police ad. The Audi ad that ran during the Super Bowl. Have you seen this ad? It uh-huh. featured the green police arresting people for various eco-crimes like not composting an orange peel. Uh, yeah. Or more so, throwing an orange peel on the ground, right? So it's a dual thing. Not only not composting, but trashing. Because orange peels have to be put in a compost to actually decompose. So this ad ends with Audi's suggestion for evading the green police. Well, driving off in a diesel A3 TDI, named by Green Car Journal as the Green Car of the Year. So was this ad aimed at teabaggers or enviros? Yeah, see, I I was surprised at all the negative commentary from environmentalists because... I mean, on the one hand, yeah, the, the, the people who don't like environmentalism are going to look at it and say, oh, that's what's really happening, and, and there was a lot of that going on. But if you're an environmentalist, you should see it and realize they're, they're being funny. They're making a joke, you know. They're saying, oh, you can be more ecological with our car. They're not saying, oh, environmentalists are crazy. 
They're marketing to the environmentalists. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the thing is, is people don't seem to realize that people drive cars. Yeah. <laughs> and so you might as well have a car that is more eco-friendly, even though technically those two words don't go together. <laughs> eco-friendly car. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, sort of an oxymoron, but you can yeah. try. Yeah. So, I mean, let's say eco-better car? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work for ads. All right. We'll get our ad team working on the proper phrase. <laughs> so, yes, another one was the uh, BP coffee spill. <laughs> it was a video spoof of BP execs flummoxed by a coffee spill. And it, it, had, it brought some hilarity to the moment while, while BP's mistakes were destroying the I've world. I've got Kevin Costner on the phone. He'll know what to do. He'll <laughs> <laughs> it was a hilarious video. So, yeah. if you would like to... Um, have a link to this video you can um get on our newsletter and we email you know the links to videos and show pictures and stuff on our newsletter of course you don't get our commentary on the newsletter yeah there's there's no matching our witty commentary witty what's witty mean <laughs> i don't know listen for another 25 minutes and we'll find out <laughs> number three scrap that McDonald's scraps composting program because food won't decompose. <laughs> this April Fool's joke was inspired by the claim that McDonald's Happy Meals don't decompose, though that was disproved by Serious Eats Food Lab. But some readers took our report quite seriously, so McDonald's replied on Twitter, clarifying that it was a joke and that they were laughing. Um, they read that? <laughs> Yeah, apparently, apparently they thought it was funny. Uh, they don't realize that we're laughing at them, not with them. <laughs> and actually, have you ever seen the 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 person who did, um, what do you call it, the series of pictures that said the food doesn't? Um, yeah, yeah. I actually read the whole article, the the the, the research on it. Is that you know something something that's a burger? Basically, it can sort of dehydrate into jerky, kind of. So it, it's not just McDonald's that does it. It's it's burgers in general. So. Yeah. There was some truth to it, the food actually not quite decomposing, but it's not a magical property of McDonald's food. Right. But, I mean, basically, if you got a burger without any moisture, I mean, any, um, what is it, lettuce and tomato yeah. or mustard and stuff, literally, it just dries up. Yeah, the burger dries up, the bun dries up. Yeah, so it was very <laughs> believable April Fool's joke. Yeah, it yeah. was. It actually, when I saw it for a second, I was like... Wait a minute! I've heard about that. Is the urban legend true? And then I was like, "Oh, it's an April Fool's joke." Yeah, I, I thought I, yeah, I didn't know about it that it was April Fool's until right now. I've all this time been thinking <laughs> it was real. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So another one: uh, twelve things you should never put in your mouth was story number four. What the food? <laughs> yes. What the food? Uh, oh, they, I remember. I looked at this story, and the one that got me the most was canned chicken. An, uh, like a whole chicken in a can, and you pull it out, and it's this like sort of slimy chicken thing. That actually sounds really good. I'm sorry. <laughs> like chicken, it, chicken Jello is like my favorite food ever. <laughs> but now, um, Twinkie Sushi, Twinkie Sushi. I don't That's know what about it that. Me. Yeah, canned Twinkie Sushi. So uh, this is this is a horrific slideshow of. 12 things you should never put in your mouth. And, so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Number five. Let us pray. Lettuce. It's good to put in your mouth. The White House to put 6,000 salad bars in schools. School food investigator 
Ed broke the news that First Lady Michelle Obama would help 6,000 public schools get fresh food. Wait, what's the food that they serve in schools? <laughs> Not fresh. <laughs> it's like, did you know that ketchup is considered a vegetable in school lunches? <laughs> La. This reminds me of a story a friend of mine told. Uh, she, there, there were rumors circulating that the, the burgers in her school were uh, actually soy burgers, that they weren't really meat. So she, she went up to the cafeteria worker and asked, is this actually a soy burger? And the cafeteria worker said, honey, I don't know what it is, but it ain't soy. <laughs> <laughs> so this fresh food partnership is called Let's Move Salad Bars to Schools. And someone probably said, bars to schools? <laughs> What's your problem, Michelle Obama? Yep. That's, that's how the rumor mill is going to go. Is that, you know, Michelle Obama is opening bars in schools. Yeah, so, well, Tea Party Mad Hatters interrupt, interpreted this to mean that she's forcing carrot sticks down every American kid's throat. <laughs> so. All right. Huh. Yeah, so th- number seven was a uh, raw deal. Raids are increasing on farms and private food supply co- clubs. Here are five tips for surviving one. So they say you're not paranoid if they really are out to get you. And if you've got anything to do with distributing unpasteurized milk or other nutrient-dense foods, with or without a license, then you should be prepared for a knock on the door from the FDA. Uh-oh. I know people who, like, raise raise uh, chickens. Or not chickens, eggs. Yeah, eggs. And sell eggs. So, I mean, they could get in trouble with the FDA, huh? Yeah, they, they could. I mean, they're... You know, because of the effects of factory farming on food and, you know, the illnesses that can be created by that, the FDA is really antsy about anyone having their own unpasteurized milk or, you know, eggs that haven't been inspected. Well, you know, if you (laughs) eat an egg from the farmer that you bought it from, you know where it came from. Yeah, you do. But the FDA doesn't understand this principle. Yeah, so if you get sick, you know you can say, (laughs) excuse me, farmer. Excuse me, farmer. What did you do to those chickens? Now, with... Normally, I mean, they can't track down who... Yeah. They're having a hard time tracking down. Part of it is the transportation of the food. Yeah. That, you know, there can be diseases in implemented into the food in the transportation. Yeah. So. So, yeah, that article had some tips for if you're an ind- independent uh, producer and wanted help to not get in trouble. I just recently read an article about a, f- uh, a sprout farmer in northern... Um, Illinois, and they recalled something like 5,000 pounds of his sprouts. Huh. That's a lot of sprouts. But they actually, the FDA tested, or is it the USDA? I think it's the USDA tested almost 2,000 samples of his product and didn't find any problems. Huh. But because there was problems in other sprouts, yeah, the, primarily like at Subways and you know fast food places, they're recalling sprouts across the whole United States. Yeah. And so he was just like, what the food? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's one of the many problems of the uh, the factory farm style food system. And, you know, it applies to plant growing too, is that, you know, it creates problems for everyone. If if they get, you know, salmonella on the spinach in the industrial productions, then, it, then they start worrying about the little farmers who aren't going to have that on there. And I, tr- I truly think that the farmers themselves are doing a pretty good job it's just we transport food 2,000 miles. Yeah. And in that process, contaminants get introduced to the food. I mean, there's just no way it, for that not to happen. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, you know, if you transport it 2,000 miles, do they then wash it again before they sell it at the store? No. 
Uh-huh. They just unpack it. Yeah. That's it. It's put on the shelf. And so in that process, so. <laughs> the next news item, Fairweather Foodies. Do you have the balls to really change the food system? The gusty creed from the North California farmer Rebecca gave a lot of locavores something to chew on, saying that our crappy industrialized food system would never change as long as they bought pastured eggs from the farmer's market just once a month and Trader Joe's cage-free organic the rest of the time. She offered more than 25 ways that conscientious eaters could make a real difference. Unfortunately, it was already too late for her farm when she wrote the por- that post. She announced a few weeks later that the TLC ranch was not sustainable financially for her family and was closing down. This has been why, I mean, I personally have always been an advocate of local foods. Yeah. Um, not only do I know where my food is coming from when I buy local, I know that it's going to have the nutrition that helps me locally. If there is any, like, you know, um, if... I am exposed to bacteria and, you know, might get sick, the the food that's grown in my area is going to give me the nutrition to fight that sickness. It's going to be local food and therefore give me the nutrition for my area. Um, and then, of course, you know, it doesn't travel thousands of miles to me. Yeah, so it'll be fresher. And ideally local organic, but I'm more of a locavore than I am an organicavore, whatever that huh. is. Uh, a vor for organics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's see. Number nine, uh, the Gink Manifesto. Say it loud, I'm child-free, and I'm proud. Now, see, I personally, I think I would like to have a kid at some point. I know there's environmental debates about this, but this was an interesting and uh, much-talked-about story. Uh, the uh, Lisa, Lisa Hymas' explanation of her choice to be child-free spawned lots of discussion. <laughs> Now, I, I get the impression they got a lot of heated discussion. Uh, and it got a lot of media attention, too, from mainstream media sources. And the, uh, it launched the term gink, which is green inclination, no kids. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be the ones that survives at the end of the year. Uh, well, it is the end of the year, so yeah. we're using it. Yeah, we're using it. it well, it's not, it's not January yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, they come out, I forget what group, but some language group comes out with, like, Ten words that are new that they're keeping, and ten words that should be rejected. Yeah, it's one of the. It's like Webster's or one of the dictionaries. Yeah. Yeah. So no official word yet on gink, but uh, uh, green inclination, no kids. I don't. I don't think it sounds that good, but it's an abbrevi- nice abbreviation. I'm a gink. No, I don't think people are going <laughs> to go around calling themselves ginks. Yeah. You know, but you think of like ginkgo. Yeah. <laughs> so, isn't it Geico? <laughs> <laughs> ginkgo. Um. Uh, a, per- a person who did weigh in on this was uh, Oprah. I mean, she talked about her decision years ago to not have kids. So, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, celebrities who have come on talking about how, you know, we don't really need to overpopulate um, our planet. Yeah, I mean, we're, n- we're not in a situation anymore. Uh, some of our cultural attitudes about children come from a time when, you know, you, you'd only have, you'd have five children and two of them would die, would die and then... You know, a lot of people would die at an early age, so right. you had to repopulate in order well, to keep the species alive. Well, 100 years ago, the average was 46 years old. I mean, the life expectancy. Yeah. So, I mean, someone who lived, well, th- 
I don't know what the average is now. I can't believe I knew the average a hundred years ago, but I don't know what it is now. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's, it's higher. Like, it's in the, it's in like the sixties. It's like upper sixties. Yeah. yeah, but I, I did I do like that article because it gets people talking and thinking about it. It is an important issue to discuss. Yeah. So number ten of the top grist post, the cheapskates dilemma: lessons on the food system from the ammonia hamburger fiasco. Readers voted hamburger the scariest food of 2010 thanks to stories like this one about a New York Times expose of a company called Beef Products that sells what is known in the industry as pink slime. This horrible hamburger helper is made of fatty sweepings from the slaughterhouse floor, ground into a paste, and laced with ammonia to kill pathogens, and it ends up in 70% of hamburgers in the United States. Mm. Yummy, the worst part, yummy fatty sweepings. The worst part is this penny pitching paste. The p- I actually said that you did. The penny pinching paste is making more people sick now. You know, pe- yeah. there's there. They didn't care about it before, but now people are starting to get sick. Yeah, imagine this: you take bits of fatty meat that are on this slaughterhouse floor, you sweep them up, and you grind them into a paste. And there's disease in it. <laughs> who, well, who could have imagined? As long as it's the 10-second rule, <laughs> Yeah, the 10-second okay. rule. Yeah. yeah, right. That doesn't work. But people do the 10-second rule, so why can't you do the 10-minute rule and then, you know, what do you call it, irradiate it and kill whatever's in it? Yeah. I think probably 10 seconds on your floor is a little safer than 10 seconds on the slaughterhouse floor. <laughs> probably, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe so not. We need to do some scientific research. Have you seen my house? I, I've also seen scientific research that the 10-second rule is actually an urban legend. Oh, well, the one-second rule is an urban yeah, legend. Yeah, instantaneously. Bacteria move quickly. Yeah. So instantaneously, as soon as you drop that food, whatever's going to get on it is on it. Yeah. But if you've got an immune system, you know, your immune system can probably handle and it. And actually, if you get the bacteria, your immune system gets stronger. Yeah. So, I mean, people who tend to overindulge in antibacterial soap end up having weaker immune systems and are more prone to getting sick. Yeah. So eating a few bacteria <laughs> is actually good for your health. So. Yeah. It's, it's the equivalent of a vaccine. You know, you get a very small amount of the bacteria that your body can fight off, and then it learns how to fight it. Yeah. That's right. So, um are we going to start getting bacteria in pill form soon? <laughs> it's like, uh, maybe. Well, we'll get all we the antibiotics and then we'll get the bacteria in pill form. Yeah, we actually do it. Isn't it called a flu shot? Yeah, flu shot. Yeah, so you get your little your little squigglies in one shot. Yeah. And, well, you know. flu is a virus, but oh, still yeah. same principle. Yeah, so. <laughs> all right. So that was the top ten. Yes. Our number one article, Dirty Hippies with Power Tools. That didn't sound right. Farmer scientist groups want to hack society through open source technology. Some of the open source ecology members demonstrate the strength of some of their prototype devices. One of the most frequent criticisms leveled against the sustainable agriculture movement is that its proponents want to send farmers back to 19th century hard labor with hand weeding and harvesting. Here's a a credible cool group of eco-minded farmer scientists who aren't in the least bit afraid of technology. In fact, they believe in, quote, creating industrial processes that are fully in harmony with ecological responsible living. The open source ecology team's first ambitious project is the Global Village Construction Set. 
sort of a life-size erector set of the most essential machines for building a small civilization with modern-day comforts, including housing and the means for food and energy. It's pretty cool. This proposed set of essential machines, there's eight prototypes built so far, and um, parts like engines and chassis can be swapped among the eight prototypes. And so it's basically creating, like, an example, a compressed earth brick press, a life track multi-purpose track. The group claims that their DIY or do-it-yourself machines are on average eight times cheaper than buying them directly from a manufacturer. This is really a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, it makes me think of like, I don't know, like Industrial Revolution uh, Take Two. It's like taking this principle of we have this knowledge of technology and we can use it to make our lives easier, but this time doing it in a way that doesn't destroy our environment. Because I'm, you know, I, I like the term appropriate technology. You know, I believe in using technology to make our lives better. But if we just, in the long run, make our lives worse with it, what's the point? So these people are out there trying to find technologies that are simple, that are easily, that are, they're modular, easily shared, that can improve our lives. So a, a do, about a dozen open source ecology members live most of the year on, on factory e-farm, huh. a 30-acre former soybean farm in Missouri, quote, where we put the theory of open source ecology into actual practice. We paid our last electric bill three years ago. We are getting our power from waste vegetable oil and the sun. We drink pure, free rainwater. We grow most of our food. We are free. Welcome to our life. We want to help others do the same. Decentralization. Regain control of your life. End quote. Sound pretty good? Get lost in their wiki like I did for like over two hours. And consider voting them for them today. The Make Contest. Make is a magazine. They actually have a contest that the voting closes today at midnight. Um... If you want to learn more about them, well, you're going to have to go to their website, openfarmtech.org, or you can get on our newsletter, and we have links to everything we just talked about. So, yeah. Any other things? Um, we're wrapping up the year. Yeah, we're wrapping up the year. It's New Year's. Uh. <laughs> it's been a lot of really good things happening, so... Let's talk about the holidays, and then we'll throw in maybe a few happenings. If you have a happening, please email it to us, well, the happening guys, at info at yourcommunityspirit.org. And if you actually miss part of what we talked about or just, you know, miss our voices, you can listen to us again on our website, yourcommunityspirit.org. Uh, yes. And you can also email happenings to me at treesong at treesong.org. And if you want them to happen, you must email both <coughs> of us. Yes. <laughs> so let's see. I've got, uh, do we want to do the holidays first? I've also got a happening. But I think we should go through some of the holidays yeah, first. Yeah, we've, we've started with New Year's already. Wait, New Year's? Yes. Uh, how many, yeah, we, sometimes when I'm doing the show, I do like, you know, how many, what day of the year we're on. Uh, we are on the, uh, 
365th day of the year. There are zero days left. There's <laughs> according to the Gregorian calendar. Yeah, according in case <laughs> you didn't notice, there's a few other calendars in the world. According to the Gregorian calendar. The Gregorian calendar is a calendar for people who are gregarious. And <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. So I follow the Gregorian calendar, which is... Like um, a lunar calendar, and it's a lot like the Jewish calendar. So it's like, just follows the seasons. Yeah, follows the seasons. It's a lot more fun. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we're we're in like the thousands and thousands, you know, years and years ahead of the rest of you guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're only in 2010. What what are you in? uh, Five five thousand something? Well, let's see. The Jewish calendar is like 6,500. Oh, okay, 6,500. Yeah. I mean, um, I, and then. The Chinese calendar, I think, is—I don't remember. Man, you can you can e- you can email us, and we will mention on the radio uh, next week when the All Chinese right, yeah. calendar is. Do we? Do <laughs> you we can inform the informers. <laughs> you just called me an informer. <laughs> yes. Today happens to be the last day of the year. <laughs> Let's start a new year. Yes. And so. Got coming up to uh, New Year's Day is tomorrow. What? It uh, snuck up on me. Yeah, it snuck up out of nowhere. It's also <laughs> the anniversary of the birth of the first baby boomer. And it's uh, uh, the Rose Bowl game going on. Uh, let's see. Oh, an Independence Day in Sudan coming up tomorrow. What about Sunday? What's going on Sunday? We've got... Uh, it's like a new year. Yeah. Happy, happy new year for Cats Day. I don't know why the cats are celebrating a little late. I guess they're slow. And uh, Ancestors Day in Haiti. All right. Monday, Congress Assembles Day. <laughs> it's also Drinking Straw Day. And National Thank God It's Monday Day. <laughs> TGIM. I bet you know about TGIF, but you didn't know TGIM. Yeah, I I think a lot of people aren't going to be saying that about that day. (laughs) Yeah. After a New Year's weekend, (laughs) they're going to be, it's Monday. But man, it's thank God it's Monday day. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, there's probably a different acronym that we can't say on the radio for uh, what they usually say for it's Monday. (laughs) Yeah, so. Yeah, so let's see. uh, Thursday, or excuse me, Tuesday is uh, Dimple Chad Day. I guess a day in observance of all those uh, Dimple Chads from the election. You know someone named Chad that has dimples? That's a good point. You could also celebrate those people, too. Yeah, that's the only Chads I know. So, anniversary, I just just got hypnotized because Tuesday is World Hypnotism Day. Oh, it's also the solar eclipse. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it happens to be the birthday of Sir Isaac Newton. Huh. And so maybe he has something to do with that uh, World Hypnotist Day. I don't think so, but you know, <laughs> um, it's the anniversary of the pop music chart. Oh, <laughs> and Independence Day, Myanmar. Where's that? Someone else has to send us something because we're we're not informed, or at least I'm not. <laughs> yes. So. All right. So let's see. Uh, other holidays we've got coming up. Uh, uh, carnival season coming up on uh, yeah, on Thursday. Carnival. 
carnival. Well, that's because uh, it's see. isn't that like Three it's, Kings Day? Yeah, it's part Three Kings of, Day. Yeah, it's the uh, twelfth day. Um, I actually think that um, in in Mexico they celebrate Three Kings Day instead of Christmas. Yeah, yeah. You I mentioned here that in uh, they do that in Armenia too. Yeah. So, isn't um, I guess Three Kings Day would be the day that the Three Kings found Jesus. So, do you know that they actually found out that Jesus was not born on Christmas? <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that Christmas is actually uh, a pagan holiday <laughs> called Solstice. Yeah. And they kind of like moved uh, Jesus' birthday. <laughs> to coincide with the yeah, Solstice. So that, yeah, <laughs> so, um, and apparently, you know, I don't know. A lot of the traditions from the pagan holidays are now part of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, um, which, you know, I'm fine with. Uh, re- religions evolve over time. It's just ironic to me when someone insists that, you know, it it's belongs to one religion when it actually originated with another religion. So, so we do have one happening I wanted to mention. Um, it's the, we've mentioned this in, in years past, and it's still going on. It's the, uh, uh, the Shawnee Group Sierra Club's New Year's Day Stone Soup Picnic. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, now they get out there and have their stone soup at uh, Giant City Park uh, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's free and open to the public. They meet over at Shelter 2, and it is just like the stone soup uh, in the story. Uh, They supply two soup pots and uh, lots of good food and camaraderie, and you can also bring stuff, too, uh, to to add to the food. The food. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the whole story of stone soup is everybody brings a little something for the pot. Yeah. And then by combining all the goodness together, you end up with a scrumtabulous <laughs> soup. I think you've just coined a new word for uh, 2010. Really? <laughs> uh, scrumtabulous stone soup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so most years it's like bitter, bitter cold. So I think tomorrow is going to be bitter bitter hot so uh-huh. yeah well tomorrow i think is when it starts cooling down again but it's not going to be like well it's 60 degrees right now i yeah. mean start cooling down would make it what 55 yeah 50s 40s it's not going to get be in 30s <laughs> so um usually every year you know there's a lot of uh, hot cider and soup and then you know a hike of some sort in the area and a very large group of the shining group sierra club come out so yeah um, come out and enjoy the first of the year and have some soup. And what else? <laughs> That's about it. We'll see you again on the radio <laughs> next year. Yes. <laughs> Does that make sense? See you next year on the radio. There you go. <laughs>